we're just so happy you've chosen to be with us this morning and spend this time in this. Really, it's a faith-inspired celebration. It's a celebration, as we've shared, of the resurrection of Christ and the grace of God and the power of God over any situation, even, even the enemy in the darkness of death. It's a celebration that for millions of people down through history has been filled with hope and joy and stirred in them, renewed in them, in their hearts and their souls, a new measure of faith and a new measure of hope. But it didn't start there. To get to a resurrection, you have to go through a death. And we've sung about that, the old rugged cross. The Bible tells us that the followers of Jesus walked with him for nearly three years. And they listened to him teach, and they listened to his instruction and his wisdom. They watched him, which was unheard of in the time, minister to children, and value children, and teach children. They watched him do the same for women, minister to them. They watched him minister to the outcast, the sinners, those society would discard. And their hearts opened up to him. And as he claimed to be the Son of God, they started to believe. And they started to put their hope in him. And as they watched him claim to be God and do things like early on in his ministry, his mother and others seeing him turn water into wine, they were astonished at his power. His disciples saw him walk on water. They marveled at how he calmed the storms and how even the waves and the wind obeyed him. They saw him heal the sick and the lame and the blind. They saw him feed over 5,000 people with just a few loaves and a few fish. And their faith surged. And when, when Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? They responded, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Their hearts, their souls were filled with faith and hope because this was the Messiah. This is the one that came to save them. And they believed it. They were hoping in it. And when they came to Easter week, the Bible refers to Palm Sunday, last Sunday, as the triumphal entry. And it had to be the apex of their hope and their faith in Jesus. The Bible says as he entered Jerusalem that day, the disciples around him were singing with great joy. Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Blessed be our King. But as things often do in this broken world, things didn't turn out the way the disciples were thinking and hoping. They got farther into Easter week, and most of us know the story. Jesus on Thursday night was arrested. And these believers, these these individuals who had hope, and zest, and zeal. They went into shock. They watched as this one who they'd lived with for three years was falsely accused, and whipped, and beaten. And they became confused. And can't you just feel in their hearts the disappointment? The hope fading away. Their trust waning. Did we buy into a deception? And when he hung there on that cross, and he surrendered his life to death, even though he told them that was what was going to happen, they didn't understand it. 
The Bible says when they lost hope and they lost faith, they scattered. They became afraid. The Bible says Peter even lied and says, I don't even know him. Three times to three different people, he said, I have no part with that man. It's a sad thing when people lose hope. And that's what happened to the disciples. And that's what happens to many of us. We live in a broken world. and Hope is just a tragedy, hopelessness. And when we experience hopelessness, our soul starts to shrink. The Bible says God has wired us up to have the fuel of hope and faith inspire us. It helps us persevere and move on. When you encounter someone who's losing hope, they're getting less and less inspired. They want to go on less. They become afraid. They withdraw, just like the disciples did. I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's lost their hope. But it's, it's hard. I remember in the seventh grade, I was in speech class, and I sat beside a guy named Rick. And you could tell Rick had a lot of problems and was discouraged often. He was often angry, frustrated. We knew he had challenges in his home life. I'll never forget, though, as a young seventh grader, the day I came to class and Rick wasn't there. And at the start of the class, the teacher stood up. She really didn't know what to say. She said, you'll notice Rick is gone. You just need to know that Last night he gave up hope on his life. And with a gun, he ended it. There's far too much hopelessness in the hearts and souls of people in the broken world. I got another phone call not long after I graduated from high school. and A younger high school classmate of mine named Ron, I was told, who struggled with many things in his life, decided one night he is. He was done, there was no more hope, and he lived on a farm, and he just went out of his house and went to the barn and found a rope. And there he, in hopelessness, gave up his life. We know now from research that if a person lives in hopelessness long enough, their brain chemistry starts to change. It starts to affect their soul. It starts to affect their mind and their body. I remember when I got another phone call in college, and a friend of mine had fallen off a house and he hit a metal bar in his waist and severed his spinal cord and would be paralyzed from the waist down and he went into the hospital and they put a cast on him and he was all kinds of meds and did surgery and and then he entered a depression where he started to wonder whether he even wanted to live i remember going to visit him and seeing him lay in the hospital with that cast over his body in this broken world where the body breaks down and and I looked at him and I walked out of his hospital room and I personally just passed out right in the hospital hallway and the nurses came and said do you need some help I said no he needs some help and he was in this period of hopelessness and God didn't design us to live this way he wants us to have faith the Bible says faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things we cannot see what we're celebrating at Easter, what God is calling us to through the, through His Word down through the ages is, is to step out in faith and believe what's been revealed to us here, even though we can't see. Jesus wanted to renew the faith of His early followers, and, and Thomas was having trouble believing and trusting. 
He said, I won't believe until I, until I see, until I touch his hands and his, his side and see. And Jesus brought him and said, here, touch my hands, see my side. And he said, stop doubting and believe. Blessed are you. You've seen and you believe. But blessed are those who cannot see and believe. God wants to stir that faith in us. And then out of that faith comes a hope. And hope then becomes an anticipation of looking forward to things. Excited about what might happen in the future. When we don't have hope, our soul starts to shrivel up. And like a plant that doesn't get the nutrients it needs, so our soul starts to shrink. And when a plant starts to dry up and wither, it's headed towards death. And so the same is with us in our soul. When we're without hope, we're moving towards lifelessness, lack of vision, lack of inspiration, lack of perseverance. You can see it on people's faces. Solomon said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Many people who have experienced hopelessness in a situation where they've been beating their heads against the wall say it's worse than physical pain. The disciples knew this hopelessness. Mary and Mary, as Doug read, were headed to the tomb on that Sunday morning. And other parts of the Gospels tell us they had prepared some spices so they could anoint the body and preserve the body a little more. They were wondering how they were going to move the stone away from the tomb. It was a concern to them. And they got there and they realized that issue had already been taken care of. The angel had rolled away the stone and they were in shock yet again. And the angel said, I know you're here looking for Jesus who is crucified. And then the angel said those famous words, He is not here, He is risen, just as He said. If only they had listened to what He said and put their hope in what He had said, they could have lived with hope through that tragedy. But they didn't, and now God was going to restore in them some hope, and all of a sudden they started to say, Could it be true what the angel said? And and as Doug read, they moved away from the tomb, and they were still afraid, yet they were joyful. Something was going on in their spirits. There was, there was an awakening in there, another resurrection. They were getting a little fuel. Could it be? Could it be? It's hard to believe. It's supernatural. But, and then they met Jesus. And he confirmed that it was true. And he told them to tell the other disciples to go meet him. And he was going to show himself to them and renew their faith and renew their hope. And when this happens to a human heart, it comes alive. And these followers of Jesus who lost their hope and saw the, the crucifixion of Jesus and were discouraged and afraid ended up being some of the most courageous in history, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus even unto their own deaths. But it didn't matter to them because they had a hope in a Savior who gave them courage and faith even beyond death. God wants us to live the same way with an unquenchable hope and unquenchable optimism. When we do, when we let God's Spirit stir in our hearts and breathe faith and hope in us, we come alive on the inside. Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. He longs for people to experience this. When we do, our life is like a tree that's receiving nourishment, turning green like all the plants that will grow this spring with the sunlight and the water. And when a person starts to get some faith in their life, if they haven't had it for some time or just growing in it, it changes their countenance, just like it did for the disciples. Look at this little young man here. Someone told him some good news, and he's excited about it. 
Even animals can display a sense of hope or joyful expectation. If you have a pet, you know this. When it's time to feed them and you go through to the closet where you normally get the food out or the pantry or, or I go into the barn where I keep the cat food, the cats start scurrying. They start jockeying and lining up because they know something good is coming. God wants us to live with an expectation that something good is coming. Easter displays that for us. When we have a hope, we're inspired and we're motivated. This is the way God wants us to live. With an ability to dream and think and move forward with ideas and wonder, just wonder what God might do. Easter is a, is a proclamation that God can do anything. He has power over any circumstance, over any situation. Peter, who denied Jesus three times at the time of his crucifixion, is recorded as writing in his first letter in the Bible. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. This is Peter. He had a resurrection of hope in his heart. Into a living hope, he knew it. Through the resurrection of Jesus, he said, that's kept in heaven for us, that can never perish, spoil, or fade. There's a hope not only for the circumstances of this life, but for all eternity, where Jesus said, every tear will be wiped away, every pain done away with. Do you have that hope? Are you living with that hope? If not... Why not ask God to breathe it into you today? Why not ask God to help you have faith in the unseen, the proclamation of His power over the grave, or any situation in life? If you have a part of your life today where you've been discouraged, and your soul's been closed and withering, and you've been coming without hope to this circumstance, relational, economic, feelings about the future, I want to encourage you just a little bit today from the life of Christ. Outside of His power over the grave, the Bible is filled with stories of how God intervenes in human history. And example after example after example where He gives people a moment, a bit of grace, a blessing, as they face faithfully the trials and challenges of this life. One of them is found in Matthew chapter 17. When Jesus and His followers were going along, they came to a crowd, and a man approached Jesus and knelt before Him. This man had an issue, a concern. We don't know how long it had been bothering Him. We don't know how frustrated He was about it, how despairing He was. But He fell down at Jesus' feet and He said, Lord, have mercy. And He described the issue. Have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples in hope. I brought him to your disciples. But again, my hope was deferred. They could not heal him. Jesus, wanting people to have faith. A little frustrated in his spirit, says, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. 
One reason to keep faith and hope alive in God is because story after story after story where God decides one day to reach down into human history and create a moment for individuals just like you and me. Bring the boy here to me, he said. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. The truth of the matter is we never know in our perseverance when God's going to give us a miraculous moment. We hear testimonies about him. We're going to hear testimonies in the next few weeks. God is still, the living God is still in the business of reaching down into human history, changing circumstances, touching people's hearts. The disciples came to Jesus in private and said, why couldn't we drive out this demon and heal the boy? And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus gives some very clear instruction to those who might be discouraged. The disciples went to him and said, teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. And then after he taught them, he says some interesting things. He tells them a story. He says, let's say you're late at night and a friend comes to visit you and the friend's hungry, but you don't have any food. So you go to another friend's house and you knock on their door near midnight. That friend may not want to get out of bed. The friend may say to you, look, we're all tucked in. The kids are safe. The doors are locked. Jesus said, that that friend will maybe not get out because you're his friend, but because you're there at midnight and you're being that bold to come to his house and ask, that friend will give you what you need. And Jesus said in the same way, if you're having some faith and some hope and you're persevering and you boldly go before God, you can't imagine how much He'll give you His Spirit to sustain you and give you what you need to keep going. He'll pour out His Holy Spirit on you. Ask, seek, knock, Jesus said. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find. To those who knock, the door will be opened. There might be a moment coming. You never know, Jesus said. Keep asking, seeking, knocking. And then in Luke 18, Jesus tells yet another story. He's always encouraging his disciples to persevere no matter what situation they have. And in this situation, he tells a story with a point. And it's another story about a widow who has an injustice done to her. And she can't find justice and the judge won't give her justice. And so she goes to the judge and the judge says, doesn't do anything, I'm going to pass on you. And then she goes to the judge again and, and he doesn't do anything and again. And, he does, and finally the judge says, just so you stop wearing me out, I'm going to give you justice. And you know what Jesus is inviting us to do? He tells this story, the Bible says, so that we would be determined to wear him out. He's inviting us to keep asking and seeking and knocking. God is saying, come on, ask, seek. You never know. Wear me out. Don't give up. Persevere. Stay at it. He tells the story so they will always pray and never lose heart. God wants us to live with what the Bible describes as a living hope. It doesn't come easy to us. But He wants to pour His Spirit out on us and bring it to us. 
And as the disciples on Easter Sunday morning got stirred by the work of God, so maybe for you this day could be a day where you start to get stirred in some area where you've lacked hope. And you say, God, in this area, would you give me a a renewing of faith, a resurrection of hope, a faith, so I could live in the way you designed me to live? I told you of my friend who fell off the house and was paralyzed and went to visit him. Friday, he called me, was coming to town. He was bringing his oldest son, was just graduating to UNI to investigate the school. He wondered if we could have lunch. I said, sure, that would be great. We went for lunch. He got out of his car and rolled in in his wheelchair. 25 years ago, he wanted to give up. He held on. He just read a book, wrote a book. He held on to his hope and his faith. He's now got a beautiful wife, a beautiful daughter, and a son getting ready to go off to college. And though his life is not perfect, he has a joy and a hope. And he has a hope of one day stepping into eternity and walking with Jesus. I want to ask you today, do you have that kind of hope? If you don't have it, maybe, just maybe this morning, you would open up your heart to the Spirit of God. Say, God, I want to follow you. I want to become a believer. I want to receive the the forgiveness of Jesus and the hope of Jesus. And I want to start learning to live in it. Jesus has invited you to do just that. Ask, seek, and knock. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this Easter Sunday morning and this Resurrection Sunday that's celebrated all around the world for thousands of years. We thank you that you recorded about the humanness of the disciples and how they became discouraged and disbelieving and lost hope and how you kept coming to them and and breathing faith into them and breathing hope into them and eventually through the power of your spirit they started to catch it more and more and more. And then they became examples for us of living with a joyful optimism. Lord, we need that encouragement. Many of us in this room need a touch from you in some area of our lives where we could reopen to believe, to trust, to even hope. I pray that you would encourage us in our spirits as we think about the resurrection today and celebrate it. And renew in our hearts a faith in you and your power over any situation and circumstance. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.